Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM, Fight Nation, channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. SummerSlam week is here. Join myself and WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry at the Rec Room in Toronto, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time for our live SummerSlam pre-show on Sunday. The Rec Room is just steps away from the Scotiabank Arena, the site of SummerSlam. Or you can hear the show live on SiriusXM Fight Nation, Channel 156. On today's podcast, Mark Henry and I break down the go-home Raw before SummerSlam and talk to a WWE superstar who's using his platform as a way to bring some positivity to the world in 2019. Dolph Ziggler won't be facing The Miz at SummerSlam as we thought. No, no, no. Raw closed with the surprise return of Goldberg, who signed the contract to take on Ziggler in Toronto. Becky Lynch and Natalya will be a submission match at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. I'll tell you why I think that should be the main event of the show. Plus, WWE superstar Titus O'Neil stops by the studio to tell us about his new book, There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid, in stores now. All that right now. On the Busted Open Podcast. We kind of knew it was going to happen. There was rumors that Goldberg was going to be a part of SummerSlam against Dolph Ziggler. But that Pittsburgh crowd did not care. That was one hell of a reaction on Monday Night Raw last night. I think they knew about as much as I did. Like, I, I, I didn't read the dirt sheets and listen to what's going on all the time, only mm-hmm. when it's focused on what's going on with the show. Yep. And that slipped through the cracks because it was a legit – my face dropped to the floor just like Dolph's did. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And me and Jacob both just jumping all over the place, just like you were just now. Yeah, I was because, you know what, there's excitement. And you, as soon as you heard the music, it was like a wave in that Pittsburgh crowd last night. Oh, everybody, yeah, they went nuts. Like, everybody got on their feet, and they were truly excited. And and Bully uh, sent out the tweet during the show last night, and I agree. I felt good for Goldberg because, let's face it, Mark, Goldberg got a lot of crap from fans after that match with The Undertaker. Yeah, he did. And, and I think that this is going to be – the rebound. This and, is going to be the the same as Undertaker and Roman Reigns. And, and think, think about it, that. You're right. It, it'll be able to fix all that's wrong in the world of wrestling. Will happen at SummerSlam. And let's face it, there is a bad taste in a lot of fans' mouths after that match. But you're right. At Extreme Rules, we got Undertaker, and Undertaker looked great. 
Yes, and now did. we're going to get Goldberg at SummerSlam. And I expect this to be very one-sided. And I think it's going to remove that bad taste from a lot of fans' mouths. And and here's where we talked about it at length, Mark, when it came to Undertaker and Goldberg coming out of Saudi. These two guys are legends. These two guys, you know, Undertaker will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Goldberg is already in the WWE Hall of Fame. And you could say what you want about age and everything else. Not many people could get the reaction at Goldberg last night. As a matter of fact, I don't think there was anybody on that show last night that got the reaction like Goldberg did. And I think that's very, very telling. No, I, I, it was very close. I thought that, you know, Kurt Angle in, in the ring with The Fiend was pretty damn is, impressive. And Yeah, Kurt Angle in Pittsburgh is going to get a huge reaction yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and you know what? For, for what it's worth, since we're talking about that, I think the most entertaining thing on the show was the Street Profits. They were, man, that, that whole segment with them, up until Mr. Killjoy came in, grown-ass man <laughs> Drew McIntyre, who pulled the rug out from under everything. But it was a really, really fun and entertaining segment. And, man, might I say that Montez Ford, his expressions are legendary comedy looks. I mean, just so funny, man. I mean, it reminds me a lot of uh, of Santino. Um, just the reactions that he has are so natural that you can't help but just tune in. You lean forward to see what he's going to say next. And you know what? Great job by the WWE introducing them to the to the to the main roster crowd. Because obviously, if you don't watch NXT, and and I'm sure there is a, a portion of the fans that do watch NXT on the WWE Network, this is a great way to introduce them to Raw and to the people who watch SmackDown. So you know, kudos to the WWE for doing that because it's working. Because like you said, they are extremely entertaining. And and, and uh, they put a little edge on him last night, too, because when Drew walked up, they were, like, squared up on him and put their hand out like, whoa, whoa, where are you going? And and that in itself said a lot to me because it wasn't just ha-ha. It was, no, 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 player, uh, whoa, 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 slow your roll. And, and that is creative that that is them putting the edge on them making them not pushovers because they're not pushovers they, they have titles they're, they're they're the nxt champions so why would you not respect the fact and you're outnumbered you, you're not just two to one kurt was there too it would have been three to one yeah so drew has to make a, a business decision uh am i gonna get a little lippy with these guys, and he actually put them over. So that, that it was it was a good thing all the way around. And you know what? And that's what a legend should do. And Kurt Angle did that in that segment. And it yes, goes he did. and it goes back to Goldberg. Now I don't think this is a situation where Goldberg's going to be putting over Dolph Ziggler. I don't think Dolph Ziggler needs that at this point in his career. And and this is just a return to Goldberg and to give him that final goodbye that he deserves after what we saw in Saudi. But you know what? It shows, you know, judging from that crowd, Mark, I think fans are still excited to see Goldberg. They they are. He looked great too. Man, he looked good. And and you know, and and on the side of Dolph, 
Dolph was right. He is a living, breathing, wrestling legend. Like, he is, he's had WrestleMania moments, so many moments on Raw and SmackDown and every other pay-per-view you can imagine. He's had a great career. Like, I don't see Dolph not being a Hall of Fame type of character. And here's the thing, like, nothing against The Miz, but Miz and Dolph Ziggler just didn't feel like a big match to me. It, it feels like a match we've already seen on Raw we have. and SmackDown. And get, you're right, because we have. If you, It just didn't feel special enough for a pay-per-view, especially a pay-per-view like SummerSlam. They righted those wrongs with Goldberg last night. They did, and and I'm I'm thinking, who else could you have put him with? I mean, I I mean, Shawn Michaels was there, but I I, I think that Dolph is you know Shawn is past his prime, and I think that if you put if you put Shawn in there with Dolph, you don't get the same reaction as you did with a Goldberg at this point in the career. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I would love to see Shawn Michaels. I just think Shawn Michaels is done. And you're right. I mean, I mean, I know we saw Shawn Michaels in a tag match with Triple H and Saudi, but we haven't seen Shawn Michaels in a ring, in a match, since WrestleMania 26. That's going back almost 10 years. So uh, I think Goldberg is the right fit for SummerSlam. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that all implications too um, makes – it's going to make it for a good competition, especially being that Goldberg is coming off of a performance that uh, didn't quite be, be, you know, super flattering to him. Mm-hmm. And I know he wants to go out on a good note. And he, and you know what? He deserves to go out on a good note. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Or on demand with the SiriusXM app. Titus, how are you today? I'm doing excellent. How are you? How's everything did going? Mark, did Mark make you put that Hall of Fame shirt on? Uh, listen, I don't have to make nobody do nothing. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just, I was just asking a question. <laughs> I know you're over. I just was wondering, you know, is, or is this like a, you know, work outfit? No, no. There was two <laughs> things. There was two things that I was actually thinking about wearing today, knowing that you were going to be in studio. Because I can't look as good as you. You, I, if I try, it's just gonna look bad. Well, don't don't feel bad. A lot of people think. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. I was e- I was either going to wear the shirt that I'm wearing right now, the Mark Henry Hall of Pain shirt, or I was gonna wear your Utah Blaze jersey. Oh. And I went with the the Mark Henry T-shirt. Okay, I, I can. I I, I I mean, I lost out. Though a Hall though of I do love my Utah Blaze jersey. Yeah, I lost out to a Hall of Famer. I'm good. Not many people my, can say my that. Man, my <laughs> man. But you know what? When it comes to fashion and it comes to dress, there is nobody remotely close in the world of pro wrestling than Mr. Thaddeus Bullard, a.k.a. Titus O'Neil, a.k.a. First guy off the bus. Mm-hmm. You, 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 Titus, you take a lot of pride in your wardrobe. And you can tell, like... Um, just in a roundabout, you know, a, a roundabout dollar number. What do, what do you think you have just in, in jackets? Oh, uh, 20 I don't grand, know. 50 grand? Oh, wait, yeah, probably in suits and jackets, 
probably close to a hundred grand. But it, it makes money for you too, though. Yeah, I know it does. I know yeah. you, you yeah. look good, yeah, you play I mean, good. That's what Dean Primetime used to say. When you look good, you play good. And when you play good, they pay good. <laughs> <laughs> you better tell them. Better tell them. Quit well, preach now. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, now this is why I love and this is a good conversation talking about Titus's book is because Titus and I, and we've had you on before, and I know that you spoke about your childhood and that there was a lot of negativity at that time in your life and it just took one positive voice to make a change. And I think that's the message that you're trying to give in this book is that it only takes one person or one positive conversation to turn your life around. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that happened, you know, my story's well documented. I am a product of a rape. My mother was raped at 11 and had me at 12 years old. Uh, I grew up dirt poor and uh, got picked on a lot, got bullied a lot, and was a kid that was expected to be dead or in jail by the time I was 16. And at 12 years old, I heard a man tell me probably the two most powerful sentences that I could ever hear. And there's no such thing as a bad kid was one of them. And uh, I was getting ready to get kicked off the boys' ranch because I got into a fight 30 minutes after signing a, a contract that I wouldn't fight anymore. And uh, the decision was made that I would be leaving and going back home. And uh, he called me into the office. He said, you know, why do you think you get in trouble all the time? And I said, man, I, I had my head down. And I said, I don't know, man, I'm just a bad kid. And he said, there's no such thing as a bad kid. And I said, you know, how can you say that? Like, I'm getting ready to get sent home. Uh, I've been told I'd be dead or in jail by the time I'm 16. And he said, I'm not going to give you the answer to that because I truly believe in my heart that you're going to turn things around. And you're going to come up with the answer for yourself. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to believe it. He said, I love you, and I believe in you. Now, a lot of people had told me up to that point that they loved me, but then turned right around and they abused me or beat me or whatever. But nobody up to that point had ever told me that they believed that I could do anything positive. And so as I've gotten older and changed a lot of lives and helped you know, shape a lot of young minds to a different course of where they were going, uh, there is no such thing as a bad kid. We have kids that are in bad situations, around bad environments, making bad decisions, and having bad outcomes. You put those same exact kids in a good situation around great uh, people, and they have a greater chance to succeed. Uh, that's what happened to me, and that's that's the reason why I wanted to put this this project out. And, and Titus, you, you you said it best. You you try to go out and shape minds. You you don't sit back and wait on someone else to do it. Um, exposure to systems and exposure to people sometimes is what you need as a kid, as well as somebody to believe in you and somebody to trust you and to teach you how that works. Because uh, I, like you, grew up dirt poor and sometimes you're not exposed to people that are doing things the right way because unfortunately we don't all get the parents that we see people in, you know, positive light get. And, and you, you talked about that in your book, you know, that um, there was a lot of strife. Your grandmother kicked your mother out mm -hmm. and, um, reading your story made me there was a lot of parallels and um what what is it that you think in your opinion is the biggest 
factor in in getting kids to see it uh, from a different perspective? Well, exposure definitely is at the top of the list. Um, but even when not exposed to certain things, the the examples that they have within their confines uh, can definitely shape that. You know, I teach a class. Been teaching a class for 15 years at a school down in Tampa called uh, called Focus on Success. And it's an eight-week course, and we go through a multitude of things. But one thing is that, that we've tried to hit on is the empowering beliefs and limiting beliefs. We have them come up with their own definition of what a belief is. And at the end of that eight weeks, we do, right before graduation, we do a twins exercise. And the twins exercise is based on two twins that are born of the same parents. Uh, dad's an alcoholic. Mom's a drug addict. They end up getting separated. One goes to one foster home. Another one goes to another foster home. And one, you know, makes something out of themselves, and the other one is still in jail today. And we bring those both of those twins back in, and they ask questions. The kids ask questions, you know. And then at the end of it, the question is, you know, my question to the twins is, you know, why do you guys feel like you came out this way? And their response is, well, at the same time, well, with a dad like mine, I had no choice. So it's all about perspective. And it's all about, you know, different people taking their own life sometimes in, in, on a certain path. But as Mark said, exposure, you know, that's why I send kids to Washington, D.C. in the summer. I send kids to Atlanta or Fayetteville to Zach Brown's camp uh, in the summer. We take kids over to college campuses on bus tours all the time and that exposure is not just for them to be exposed to those campuses and that but it's also to be exposed to other kids and learn how to work with other kids that may not grow up with you or may not be from the same neighborhood or may not look like you um, but at some point you're going to be in somewhere in society whether it be on a college campus or in a corporate setting or even in a business of your own, you're gonna be surrounded by people that come from different backgrounds and you need to learn how to operate in those confines. And so, like Mark said, you know, exposure, his kids are exposed to a lot more than he was as a mm -hmm. kid. And my kids are exposed to a lot more than I was as a kid. And therefore they're, they're far ahead of the curve when it comes to understanding how to operate in society, uh, not just as a young black male, um, but also as a human being in general, how we treat people, how we interact with people, uh, how we love on people uh, is very important to our family. When you heard, and, and also what you're not exposed to, uh -huh. because I was exposed to alcoholism, drugs, violence, uh, divorce, and uh, different things that would put uh, a kid at a deficit, and. Some, at some point, you, you get introduced to somebody that helps you see what it is that's negative around you and say, you, you can break this cycle. Like, it's, it's very difficult to do, but you can do it. You have all the tools to get it done. You're strong, you're aggressive, and you're compassionate. And if you can teach a kid to be compassionate and that regardless of what the world does around you, you don't have to do it too. Mm -hmm. That there could be change. And Titus, you, 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 you talked about some of the people in your book that were able to do that for you. Uh, the person at the boys ranch, um, was there somebody 
from high school to college that uh, you still talk to today that was also one of those people that uh, helped mentor you and helped keep you on the right path? Yeah, it's uh, he's in the book as well, Charles Blaylock. He was the superintendent of schools, first elected African first elected African American superintendent in two different counties in the state of Florida. Um, took me under his wing when I was in high school. That's along with Mr. Blaylock. I mean, along with Mr. Minogue. And uh, I still I call him dad to this day. He was actually at my house this weekend. Uh, he, he came down from Live Oak to uh, I put on a every year I put on a back to school bash and a Christmas event at the Raymond James Stadium, which is home of WrestleMania 36, yep. right around the corner. Uh, we had over 32,000 people there this weekend, this Saturday. Uh, we gave out over 20,000 backpacks. We did eye exams. We did physicals. Um, and I wanted dad to see that, you know, uh, he's always telling me how proud he is of me, but for a guy that was in the classroom, you know, for years, and then also leading teachers as a superintendent of schools and as a, a black man, um, understanding, you know, the political process of what he had to go through, you know, and seeing him tell people that, you know, Hey, I want to support you. I'm going to write you this check, but I don't want anybody to know where it came from. And he said, you know, I, I, I remember it like it was yesterday, you know, he was like, well, uh, I appreciate that. But, you know, if you can't support me openly, then that's really not support. So I, I, I'm going to de- decline your offer. And that's true, you know, like and that's how I look at everything now. You know, if we're either on the same team or we're not and everybody should know that we're all working together to do whatever it is that we're working together to do. Uh, as Mark mentioned, you know, prior to us jumping on the air, we wrote we wrote together for years, and it's it it, it was a lot of life talk. You mm-hmm. know, it was some wrestling talk, but it was a lot of life talk. And like, I love that dude. You know, I love him because he came from the worst situation as well, and um, made something of himself. And then every time we go to Texas, you know, we knew. You know, the the roof was going to blow off off the building no matter what part of Texas we went to because that that state just loves Mark Henry, and rightfully so. And an athlete can make a difference. I, I know, Mark, we have a mutual friend and Derek Brooks from mm-hmm. from the Tampa Bay He's, area. Me too, yeah. yeah okay, mm-hmm. so you know, because he, he has that same mindset as well is that all it takes is that positive influence somehow, some way that could turn somebody around. Yeah, Derek's a great friend too. Um He's uh, been been a mentor as well and a partner in a lot of things that I've done. Him and Mr. DeBartolo, they have a school mm-hmm. down there, Brooks DeBartolo. And so I sat with Derek to talk about my school and my uh, concept, which is opening this year as well. And, um, uh, you know, I looked at what LeBron was doing up in Akron, and I was like, you know, I, he, he beat me to the punch because we had been working on this for the last four years. But I'm doing some stuff that he's not doing, like affordable housing around the area and things like that. Um, and we're building out a culinary space to teach adults, you know, the the art of culinary, not just to work at a McDonald's, nothing against McDonald's or Burger King, but put them in high-end restaurants so that they can make a higher wage and hopefully be able to celebrate this quote-unquote American dream. But we'll also be able to feed 500 to 1,000 families a week with take-home meals that are wow. freshly prepared, um, and that will service that whole area. 
What a blessing. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned food. You know, I always have to try to take stuff back to food. You know, I never I never knew till I read that in your book where you said, uh, whose birthday is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, like, I didn't know why you used to say that in, in, in catering. Like, you, you were, I mean, what is he talking about? And now I read it in the book, and I'm like, this is absolutely crazy. All these years, you never explained that to me. Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes so we explain, go to go ahead and explain it because everybody else didn't read the book yet. Yeah, so go I, out and get the book. Yeah, the books just came out today. Yeah, so now is you the can order it on Amazon. Yeah. Yep, you can get it at several bookstores. But uh, yeah, so in the book, I talk about birthday party food. You know, hamburgers, hot dogs, chips, cake, whatever. And uh, we didn't. I didn't. I never had a birthday party until I was in college. We just couldn't afford it. So me hearing somebody sing happy birthday was just if it may have been a cupcake made out of jiffy cornbread mix um but it wasn't what i do now like so now i've done over like 4500 birthday parties for kids in underserved communities over the last five years because i wanted to we had this idea of like honoring kids and giving them a chance to have a happy birthday but as uh, mark said you know sometimes i go in catering and well, they'll have hot dogs and hamburgers, and I'll yell out, "Hey, man, who birthday party it is? Who birthday? Who, 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 who's celebrating the birthday?" And they're like, "What are you talking about? I mean, we got all this. nobody knows. Yeah, now. everybody's gonna know. Yeah. This is gonna be hilarious. So, oh my god! Yeah, you gotta imagine, like you know, the, the, we got great culinary staff with WWE and catering, yeah. right? So they hearing this, and they like, you know. What is, he, what is he talking about whose birthday? But nobody told us about a birthday. And I'm like, no, nah, y'all got all these hamburgers and hot dogs out here. <laughs> well, Titus is also a clean eater. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when we go to Atlanta or Birmingham or somewhere, Louisville, and we'll go to a soul food place, Titus will go, hey, man, I want to go get some collard greens and cornbread. Mm-hmm. But he won't eat, like, smothered steak or uh, mm-hmm. Fried chicken all the time and stuff like that. He he just eats the you know the good stuff. I like to go to farm to table restaurants. Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah it just because it's just they, a, they they cooking you know natural stuff yeah. and you know Organic. from that area. But it tastes like soul food. Yeah, right. To me. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Mark. Mark. So th- here's the other reason why I love Mark because he loves to eat and I love to eat. So we know there are certain places when we go, like when we go to New Orleans, we go on to Willie Mae's Scotch House. Yes, sir. He introduced me to some of the best fried chicken in America, and I love that Whip place. Wet batter chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> we went to, Lord, we, Lord, take me now. We go to Austin. I, he takes me to several different places. We go, I mean, New York. It, it's been several places that he just knows where to go. And now, like, I'm that dude. Everybody's, like, looking at my Instagram story wondering, like, man, where the hell you get that from? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I tagged it. I'm tagged him. So Get to I'm California like the food, yeah. start getting those Pacific Coast. Yeah. Get those the sushi and, you know, you can get so much fresh seafood and stuff like that. The same thing in Florida. Man. Y'all hang out with us, man. Y'all going to look good and y'all going to eat good. Well, I, mean, I don't know what else we yeah. I mean, Amen. Well, I, I mean, I, there's only so much I could do about my looks. But, I mean, with Mark, though, we I We can help say, you out, though. <laughs> I, I, listen. Put some swagger on we, you, man. Look, we ain't going to be now. Yeah. Got whole, I got a whole fame shirt for Mark. No, but since, I, since I've since i been working with Mark, I probably gained about 15 pounds. So, 
Um, but I lost nine pounds. I went to my checkup yesterday, and I lost nine pounds. So you know what? You can you can save that day. Come on now. All right, let's get back to the book because this is too important to ju- to just you know brush aside. Because and again, you're going to be at bookends. You're going to be in my neck of the woods. You're going to be at bookends uh, in Ridgewood, New Jersey, downtown Ridgewood. Uh, to do autographs, and I'm sure you're going to meet a lot of people and have, and speak to a lot of kids as well. And it's so good to do these meet and greets because, especially at bookends, you got to you got to purchase the book. And I think this is something that's really positive for a lot of families to read. Yeah, I, I I mean that's one of the. I mean we I just had my first one, and it was at Barnes and Nobles in Tampa, mm-hmm. and uh, overwhelming response to. You know, not only the crowd that was there, but just the guy that was there said, I've done this numerous for several years. And there have been authors in here that have had several books out that haven't sold as many books as you sold today. So kudos to you wow. on that. And, uh, and, but to me, it's like, it's not just about the book sales. Of course, I want to sell a lot of books because I, it's, it's, it's not about the money with the books. It's really about, I was a getting kid. The book out there. Yeah, getting the book out there. Um, and then also too, it is just another staple of, all right, I was a kid that was labeled a kid that would be dead or in jail. I was a very underperforming student until I got these words uttered to me. And I went from being that underperforming student to being a valedictorian in high school and then a, uh, you know, college graduate from the university of Florida with honors and things like that. And so body body vice president, vice vice president, vice Vice president. president. Uh, I could have been president, but uh, I ain't want that. I ain't want that on my head. <laughs> Too much pressure. Uh, yeah, but um, especially being a football player, correct? So much, so much work that you already had to do. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, my ultimate goal, hopefully, with this book is to be a New York Times bestseller because that would bring this whole project to me full circle. Simply because, you know, I was a kid that was told I was too dumb to go to college, too dumb to do this, too, will never do this, will never do all these things. And now, not only was I selected at Ebony Power 100 last year, for those that don't know what Ebony Power 100 is, the most influential African-Americans in the world, uh, presented by Ebony Magazine year in and year out. So I was in the same category with Michelle Obama and wow. Steph Curry and James Harden. Thank you. And so yeah. each year, there's been a different step you know, and the progression of my story. And I've utilized that to further helping other people create stories as well. So the name of the book is There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid, How I Went from Stereotype to Prototype. And like you just said, it's available today. So you can go to your local bookstore and it'll be available. Like I mentioned, you're going to be at bookends uh, today. But for those who aren't in the area, Go to Amazon.com. I'm asking everyone that's listening to the show because what Titus says is important, and it's such a positive story, and it Very needs to positive. be it needs to be spread, especially parents, those who have young people in their lives, anybody that works nieces, with kids and, and youth at so all. Yeah, I, and you need a template for for what he's trying to say too. Like a lot of people don't realize that there's always not a textbook to teach you how to get these things done, and um, I want to, I want, I, I want, I want people to get the book because this is maybe one of the first templates of how to from obscurity and from the trouble to administrators being able to teach kids. Look, this is what Titus O'Neill did. 
Look, he humbled himself. He 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 listened to people because sometimes people look at kindness as a weakness. Don't don't take me being respectful to you as me being weak. You know, and a lot of times that mentality, and I, I used to feel that way too. There were people that were trying to reach out to me. They were trying to be nice to me, and I pushed them away. I did everything that you could do to perpetuate the negative rather than the positive. And then I realized I was hurting people. And that's one of the things that, that helped change me is the fact that I was able to get out of my own head and listen to somebody. And Titus, I'm going to tell you who you are. Have you ever heard of um, a desert flower? I've there, heard of it. There, there are flowers that grow in the desert. There's no water. Um, there's no nutrients in the ground. It's mostly sand and rock. But yet, every now and then, you'll see this flower grow in the desert. And... You and Darren Young both riding with y'all, hearing y'all stories, like it's very rare that you 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 get this, but you, you sometimes it comes about. Like you are a desert flower. You you came out of nowhere. You don't need a lot of fuel. You don't need a lot of watering. Talking to, you just do, and I appreciate that and respect that. And hope you continuously keep doing the same thing and be in the top five or number one in that Power 100 next time. And I appreciate you coming on and telling your story and uh, letting people know that, you know, you you have an infinity for other people, not just yourself. And that's honorable. And I pray that more people are like you. Appreciate it. Wait, man, try to give me. You almost made me shed a thug tear in here, man. Get my Oprah, get my Oprah on. Get that, get that, get that Oprah tear. So, Mark, we don't ask a lot from the nation, but if you're in New Jersey, if you're in the area of Ridgewood, go to bookends and visit Titus O'Neill. Get the book. There's no such thing as a bad kid. And again, if you're not in the area, go to Amazon.com. Mark Henry might be there. He might get on a private plane and come up there. Wow, he's putting pressure on you. Jeez, I'm yeah, saying he got money. He got when money. He, I, when I, he I come to he Texas. Got, I can promise you right now, if you come to Texas and go to Barnes and Nobles or one of these bookstores, you know, go to if you go to Harlem and go to the He Man uh, bookstore, there's a uh, a famous famous uh, black bookstore in Harlem on 125th and uh, Frederick Douglass. Like you go to that bookstore, I'll be there. All right. All right. So y'all heard him on the air, right? Yeah, we'll get it. Again, the book is called There's No Such Thing as a Bad Kid, How I Went from Stereotype to Prototype. Titus, you've always been a friend of the show. And, and you know, coming from Mark, these compliments. And, and as you just said during the interview, all it takes is one positive message. All it takes is somebody telling you something positive in, in a world of negativity. And maybe this book, like Mark said, hey, a parent can't communicate to their child. Maybe they give them this book. Yep. You know, this yeah. is the foundation that could start that positive influence in their life. So thank you so much for joining us today. And, and thank you for giving us such a positive message. Thank you. Thank you both and for thank having Thank you for me. signing the copy for me, man. You didn't get to talk about my boys, man. 
I mean, I, I Titus didn't get a chance to to talk about his boys. Like you are an incredible father. You're doing a great job with those boys, and um, I always look forward to seeing them. Thank and you. And that that's something that you know people don't always want to shout out their kids, but this this is a chance. Go on, shout nah, them out, I, man. You yeah, know they're my, doing good. My, yeah, my two sons, TJ and Titus, they're 13 and 15 now, and two of the best human beings you ever meet in your life. You know, they're, yes, yes, they're great athletes and they're great, great students. But more importantly, like they're they're just great human beings, and uh, I to be a, a a man that didn't grow up with a father in the home, and to have an opportunity to not only be a father but to be a dad to two amazing sons, uh, as TJ and Titus are for me. Um, again, I live a life today that I never would have imagined living if uh, if you would ask me, you know, at 12 years old, what I would be doing. And a lot of the reasons why I can go out every day with a smile on my face is because I know for a fact that I can leave the house and my two sons will be great representations of what our family stands for. And that's amen. Can't ask for more than that. God is good. Can't ask for more than that. There's no such thing as a bad kid authored by our guest, Titus O'Neill. Titus, thank you so much for the time. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music, plus sports, comedy, talk, and news, they have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. You heard it last night on Monday Night Raw. And that's that sharpshooter on Becky Lynch. Maybe we might see that because this is going to be a, sub- a submission match at SummerSlam. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think the crowd reaction is going to be? And, Mark, I actually think that this should be your main event at SummerSlam in Toronto. I think it's going to be a prominent match on the show. I, don't, I doubt if it will be the main event, but... It you know it has all the implications that it could be. Mm-hmm. Dave, I look at look at what I'm saying. Look, you got to feel this. All right, I'm listening. I'm looking right at you. I was expecting Natty to go into this being pure as the driven snow. Last night, not uh, not not so pure. I mean, it, she 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 showed they she showed a little edge, a little bit of overly aggressiveness. Not a fan. I don't yeah. like that. I think that she would she would go home and be a babyface. That the people are going to be for her. I don't think that she needed that. I think that it would have been cool to see her have the same outcome, but not not so much. If you, I mean, they went a little far. See, this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Like a couple of things. I, I really think in Toronto, this, this should be your main event. There's no other match I'm looking forward to more than this matchup. But the thing I'm going to really disagree with you the most is what you're saying about Natalia. And this is why. You know how Becky kind of started this whole run because she felt that she was overlooked and she felt that it was all about Sasha and Charlotte. And she got overlooked. She was with them on NXT. She was, you know, one of the four, you know, four horse women, and and she should have been given that spotlight, and she never was. Hmm. Take that story and amplify it by a hundred, and you have Natalia. 
Natalia has been with this company for years and years and years. She had to go through the whole divas and everything, the butterfly bell, and not getting the respect as the division should. She has been the teacher. She has been the mentor. And now Becky Lynch is actually giving crap to Natalia because she was a teacher and a mentor to Ronda Rousey? Come on now. She has always been overlooked. She has been a mentor and a teacher to everybody, including Becky. She has always been the girl that's been overlooked. She has always been the woman that is, like you said, pure as the as the as the freshly driven snow. At some point, you can't take it anymore, Mark. At some point, enough is enough. And I think with Natalia, is enough is enough. And I hope she kicks Becky's ass in Toronto at SummerSlam, and I hope she's the, your new Raw I Women's Champion. I, Dave, you sold me. You sold me that, man, look, you talk about going to court and stating a case and giving proper evidence and making it undeniable for the judge to just go, done. That's how I feel right now with that response. I see what you're saying. She has battled back from adversity, from obscurity, from being abused and, and, and talked to bad and, and looked down on for teaching. Like, who does that? You, you, that's biting the hand that feeds you. And think about it in this way with, with Rhonda. You know, like, and I get it. Becky's upset because, you know, uh, Natalia was helping Rhonda and Rhonda was trying to take that championship belt. And she was trying to win the historic match at WrestleMania 35. Natalia wasn't even in that match. If anyone deserved to be in the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania, Natalia deserves to be in that spot. What has Becky got the bitch about? She was in the main event at WrestleMania 35. Natalia's always overlooked. And now they're in Toronto. I hope Natalia is crowned the new Raw Women's Champion. She deserves it. And then Becky's going to bitch and moan about Ronda, please. You won. You won. I don't say, you know what? Why don't you just give Natalia that opportunity and say, you know what, Natalia? You gave me respect. Now I'm giving you respect. Because if anybody deserves to be in this spot in Toronto, it's you. I'm thankful for what you've done for me and what you've done for this women's division. But no, what does Becky do? She makes it all about her. She's selfish. She only cares about herself. Well, you know what? I care about the whole women's division. I care about Natalia. Because you know what? Out of respect, she helped Ronda Rousey, knowing that what she could do for that women's division. Becky doesn't care about anybody but herself. She wasn't even there for her boyfriend, Seth. She said, screw you, Seth. The guy's getting his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar. You don't even see a hair of word of encouragement. Selfish. Why not go out and try to help him last night? Just stand in between them. Say, enough is enough. You're supposed to be the man. You say you're the man. We'll be the man. Man, I'm going to tell you, my wife would have came out of the bowels of that arena with her keys in her hand and stuck him in his neck if he'd have been Something. beating me like that. I'll tell you what, Violetta, who's, you know, a, a 120 pounds soaking wet, poor woman would ne- get, get blown over by a high wind. She would be there for me. Kind of quick. 
And all I got to hear from these Becky fans, uh, you know, she's whining, whining about, oh, Natalia, you're supposed to be my friend, and you're helping Ronda Rousey. Oh, poor me. Poor me. You look at your boyfriend. Guy can't even walk. Can't even walk down the aisle. Could you help him? Guy's getting stretchered off last week. You're not even by his side. Got in the, got in the, in the ambulance alone. Alone. And they got his ass kicked again. And she's standing off with her hands on her hips saying, oh, yeah, look at my boyfriend, Seth, getting his ass kicked. Oh, well, you know what? I got a match at SummerSlam I got to worry about. Can't get involved with that. Hmm. What did Seth do? What did Seth Rollins do when Baron Corbin gave Becky Lynch the end of days? What did Seth Rollins do? He went to her. Kicked Baron's ass, too, on top of it. And went off. I can see Natalia's frustration now. Before you, Dave, why didn't you tell me earlier? Why? I'm, I'm just, I, I, I didn't see it. I'm glad, Dave, we didn't agree today. And you made it, you made me see. God, I hope Natalia wins that Royal Women's Championship on Sunday. You know how the building would explode. They would have to start rebuilding that place. If Natalia wins that championship and Dave, if she does win that championship, it better be the main event because you will not be able to top that. Yes, Mark. See, you're, see, you're coming. See, I got you on this ride. You got, I told you, God, I you, you got me. You presented the evidence. You showed within a reasonable doubt that there is no other answer unequivocally I just made that word up it's okay I love it go with it that that should be the outcome Natalia your new Raw Women's Champion in Toronto in the and that event. was loud you whispered it I whispered it, it because still it's, loud. it's got passion behind it and love behind it wow I know it's good for the WWE I'm excited, and it's not even booked. <laughs> you know what? I bet God, you, man. I bet you, even if, God forbid, something was happening to you, forget your wife. Your wife would do that. That's the bond that you have. I bet you Gabby would even help you. Gabby would stop anybody that was trying to hurt you. Gabby! And I would do the same for all of you. You know why? Because you're true friend. We're family. We have yeah. love for one another. Yeah, we're family. Becky? Only loves one person, herself. Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live weekdays from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius XM app. You heard Stone Cold talking about him on our show yesterday. Amazing tribute by the WWE last night on Monday Night Raw. And Mark, very respectful. Very, very respectful. Yep. And that's uh, eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion Mark Henry. I'm Mark Henry. Harley Race, Mark. I'll tell you what. I'll take it, Dave. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Harley, for relinquishing it just for three seconds. (laughs) If I could be just a quarter of the man that you are, I, I feel like I did myself justice. Like, Harley was one of the guys that I've never ever heard anyone say anything bad and not and it's not the fear 
of getting whooped. Mm-hmm. It was the respect. Like that's that's the common denominator that of everybody that talks about Harley is how well respected he was. And Teddy Long sent me a picture of a um a jacket that Harley gave him. And Harley was just a, a good dude to people. And 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 I, and I, the a story that I heard was there was a, a locker room that the some whoever the wrestlers were didn't particularly want the black wrestlers in the same dressing room and they were dressing in a separate dressing room but Harley was tagging with the person and he said where is he and he's like oh he's in the in the black locker room what 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 black what what and Harley went off and said, no, get him in here. Everybody's dressing in the same place. And that was Harley Race. He he was, he was, everybody don't have the power to do what Harley did. The same thing as the call that we had when we did our tribute show. Harley was pissed that the Japanese promotion didn't want Tony Atlas to be the champion because he was black and they wanted uh, who they wanted to be champion. And you know what? You have to have Harley's power to do that. But sometimes you have to just have it in your heart. And, you know, I'm I'm just glad that, you know, he used his power in a way that was beneficial to everyone, not just, you know, him. He he, he shared it. He shared his power. Yeah. And uh, if, if anyone missed it, Mark and I did a Harley Race tribute show on Friday, which is available on demand on the SiriusXM app. And I suggest if you're a fan of Harley Race or just a fan of pro wrestling to go back and listen to that show. Uh, Mark, I want to get back into Becky Lynch because one of our good friends, uh, Dave from South Florida, tweeted this about Becky. He said, just to rebuke your thoughts on the man, when Becky cared about others past few years, where did she end up? Passed up, disrespected and taken advantage of. Now she cares about number one first and foremost. The champ comes first. There's nothing wrong with that philosophy mm-hmm. except when you're selfish, you're going to make enemies of everybody. And sometimes it's that's not what it is, Dave. I, I don't particularly believe that you should try to make enemies of everybody. I'm going to say this about Becky Lynch. And this is I, I I I this is coming from the heart and with all honesty. And I want everyone who's a Becky fan to listen to what I have to say. Now I come on the air a lot, and Mark, we talk about Becky Lynch a oh. lot on Busted Open. And there's people who absolutely love Becky Lynch, and there's people who are on the fence about Becky Lynch. There's people who hate Becky Lynch. I am gonna say this. Man. We probably haven't had somebody as polarizing as Becky Lynch in the WWE in quite some time. And it's at a Daniel Bryan level, I think, when you talk about Becky Lynch. Now, when it came to Daniel Bryan, I think everybody just loved Daniel Bryan. But when you talk about a compelling character, a compelling personality, somebody who's polarizing... Somebody that grabs your attention, lover or hater, it's Becky Lynch. And, man, Becky Lynch is the best thing going 
for the WWE right now. I think Becky Lynch is a mainstream superstar if yeah. she's pushed the right way. I think I think Becky Lynch is extremely talented. Do I think she's the most talented wrestler on the roster? No, but you don't need to be. When you but look she's at she's the most effective. She is, without a doubt. And I just went on this rant about Natalia. When's the last time that Natalia has been able to get you that juiced up about a match? When's the last time that Natalia's been this relevant going into a match? But Becky drove her to that. Yes. The anger, the frustration, and the fact that she's she's becoming like a heel to, to Natalia. And the only thing that Natalia could do was lash out. Yes. She lost control of herself. Because of Becky. And you can look at it like this, too. Becky brought that out of her. Would she be in this situation if it wasn't for Becky? No. So thank you, Becky, for bringing that out of me. And reading Dave from South Florida's tweet. Now, when he calls in sometimes, I want to put a, you know, I I just want to jump off a bridge. But this is an excellent tweet by Dave. Okay. And that is this. One Dave to another. Yes. And that is this. He's absolutely 100% right. Because she is looking out for number one. And because I have such a love for Becky Lynch, I don't want her to be that person. But that's who she is. And it frustrates you and I, Mark. Mark, you had those comments last week about, man, this is like what a heel does. Mm -hmm. But she's so popular. And people are driven to Becky. So the fact that she garners that much emotion from you, she is doing something right. Yeah, I, I guess we we work for the reaction and we work for emotion, and she has been able to do both really well, and and there's no argument there. But I just say, from the standpoint of the fan, it's confusing sometimes because I want her to be the champion of the people rather than the champion for herself. Man, she is doing something. And whether you you love her or hate her, man, she's doing something right because she's definitely garnering emotions from the WWE universe. Thanks for listening. Catch us weekdays on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.